0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness.
1: You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points.
2: Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead.
1: Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q.
2: And here we go, Raider Nation, locked and loaded. And when I say loaded, I mean a loaded Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man, DeMond Cotton, he's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. i been doing a lot of running around town all day long uh, for being at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. A little earlier today with JT The Brick, we were rocking out the uh, Raiders Roundtable, and that's actually available right now, the podcast. I encourage you not to listen to it till after 5. Just being selfish, I tell you, listen to it after 5 o'clock, and that's okay. It was just myself and uh, JT, and I thought we did a really good job recapping the the Rams game and start looking forward to this upcoming game against the Patriots and the rest of the season as well. So Raiders Roundtable podcast that we record each and every Tuesday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, uh, Raiders HQ, that is available right now. So that was the first thing that got us going today. And then uh, there was an event going on at Liberty High School. I'll tell you about that. So I had to go over to that, had a couple meetings, and – Oh man, it's just crazy. Just one thing led to another. You look up and it's, well, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and we're ready to rock with the show and rock with you for the next three hours. So uh, very excited to have the time that we do have with you this afternoon. So let's go ahead and jump into it. I mentioned there was an event going on at, uh, at Liberty High School and A.J. Cole, Raiders punter A.J. Cole was a massive part of it and uh, it was a really cool event. And he is the nominee for the Raiders for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. And, of course, that's a very prestigious award across the NFL. So they were there. Uh, He was there at Liberty High School. It was a a nice flag football game going on. And not to mention it was also Special Olympics. They had some Special uh, Olympics Uh, kids out there as well playing and participating and that's his charity of choice that uh, he always gives back to and really is uh, really in depth with and I'll give you all the details on what he has going on with the Special Olympics. I'll give you all those details in a little while but it was a really cool event. Uh, There was a handful of media members out there including Heidi Fang who you can hear on the morning tailgate uh, with Clay Baker and Vinny Bonsignore right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 but uh, I had a few minutes to catch up with AJ Cole so you'll actually hear that conversation coming up in a few minutes around 2.15 we'll get into that and there was other members of the Silver and Black, the alumni, uh, former Walter Payton nominees, Man of the Year nominees like Rock Cartwright, Orin O'Neill, uh, Marcel Reese was there, Dan Williams, Sam Williams. I mean, there was a lot of different guys that have been nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year that were also in attendance at Liberty High School a little while ago. So uh, I had to go over there and hang out there for a little while and check out the events. And it was really cool just to watch all the kids out there at Liberty High School just, you know, watching watching the 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 play on the field and watching you know the the players that were playing in the flag football event and seeing A.J. Cole and it's so funny DeMond I was walking up to the event and it was already going on when I got there but it was so funny I'm walking by a couple kids and this one guy is on the phone with his friend he's like bro Devontae Adams is on our field right now (laughs) he said Devontae Adams is on the field right now and I go for real? Right? Cause I, I mean, I, I didn't know, I didn't know that, uh, you know, that Devontae Adams was supposed to be there. So I get out there and I'm looking and I see AJ Cole. I know he's going to be there. And I was like, yeah, I don't think Devontae Adams is out there. And he wasn't, but it was just, it was just funny to, you know, to, to hear the conversation and, and you know, just, again, these are high school kids out there, and uh, they just, you know, kids are going to see what they see or whatever. or Maybe he was just trying to gas his buddy up that he was on the phone with. Who knows? But I just thought it was a funny conversation, uh, you know, when I walked by and just all of a sudden randomly hear, bro, Devontae Adams is on the field. And, no, the, Devontae Adams was definitely not on the field. so Got to hype it up. Cool. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I think – and I don't know who it, who it was he thought was Devontae Adams. Maybe Usama Young. I mean, he's got braids. That's all I got, though, <laughs> right? I mean, or maybe, like I said, maybe he was just gassing his buddy up and he didn't, he didn't think he saw Devontae at all. He just was saying that. So uh, you'll hear from A.J. Cole in just a few minutes. I had a couple minutes to catch up to him uh, on the side. So you'll hear that conversation about 2.15. At 2.30, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic does a fantastic job covering the silver and black. He'll join the show, and he's actually a late addition to the show, but he did a really good piece on The Athletic on Sandra Douglas Morgan, the president of the Raiders, and really had a nice sit-down, long conversation with her. And So as I was reading this piece, I was just like, wow, well done. So I wanted to get him on to talk about uh, the piece that he did on Sandra Douglas Morgan, the president of the Raiders. also just wanted to get his thoughts as he was in attendance in L.A. on that uh, Thursday night game against the Rams, get his thoughts on it, and also just the team in general moving forward as they have four games left on the schedule, so Tashawn Reed will join us at two thirty at three o'clock. John McLean, Gallerysports.com, Sports Radio six ten in Houston. He'll join the show to talk all things NFL. We'll deep dive in the NFL. We'll talk about Baker Mayfield. Uh, we'll talk about Kyler Murray, who was in fact told, uh, told today that he did tear his ACL on Monday Night Football, and I'm sure that there was no surprise by that. Everyone who saw him go down with that non contact injury uh, on Monday night pretty much knew that it was a torn ACL. So Kyler Murray is not only out for the rest of this year, but it's late. It's late in the calendar, man. It's December 13th, so he's going to miss a lot of next year as well. So what does that mean for the Cardinals moving forward? What does that mean for Cliff Kingsbury moving forward? Hell, what does that mean for Kyler Murray moving forward? I mean, there's a lot of questions when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray, especially after tearing his ACL, which, again, I, I can't stand that, man. I hate to see any player get injured and you know you don't want to see any player that's a star either you don't want to see any player get injured but really you don't want to see the star quarterback for a team go down with the injury like that speaking of the Arizona Cardinals quick side note the Cardinals and this is according to Mike Garofalo from NFL Network the Cardinals are waving cornerback Trayvon Mullen he played 42 snaps on Monday night by far the most since the Cardinals got him from the Raiders this means the pick the Arizona sent to Vegas remains a seventh rounder it would have jumped to a sixth If he played two more games, but he did not play very much at all with the Cardinals, something that we talked about quite a bit here on the show when Dave Ziegler decided to make the trade of Trayvon Mullen to Arizona. And look, he just he just wasn't going to be available. Uh, I know a lot of people were upset because they thought that the Raiders needed another body, but a body is only a, a body and that's it if they're not available. And uh, a a body that's not available does no good at all for the team. And so he wasn't going to be available for the Raiders. He barely barely played at all in Arizona, and now they're waving him. So he played 42 snaps last night. I don't know if that was to showcase him or just be out of desperation, but uh, I saw, and many people have noted on Twitter as I tweeted that out, they said, uh, yeah, I thought I saw him making some business decisions last night. And, you know, I, I don't know if he was making business decisions or if he just was in bad position, but he didn't do a whole lot of great for the Arizona Cardinals at his time uh, with the team. So he is on his way out, and the Raiders get a seventh-round pick. That trade is finalized. They'll get a seventh-rounder for a former second-rounder in quarterback Trayvon Mullen. Again, John McClain will join us at 3 o'clock, talk all things NFL. Mike Williams, Sunrise Mountain High School, will join us at 3.30. Tom Flores, high school football coach of the week award winner, girls flag football going on, and Michael Williams' team is off to a nice 3-0 and start, so you'll hear that conversation coming up at 3.30. At 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network. He's scheduled to join the show, and he wasn't on the Raiders roundtable earlier today, so I'm assuming that he's going to join the show. He's scheduled to join the show, but sometimes you know things happen and, and we're not able to connect, so uh, we believe Lincoln will join us. At four o'clock, and then at four thirty, Sean Williams, Las Vegas Desert Dogs, the lacrosse team. Their uh, season actually gets started on Friday. He's going to join us to talk about the upcoming season. So, as you could tell, we have a loaded show today. AJ Cole coming up in a matter of minutes. Tashawn Reed at two thirty. John McClain at three. Michael Williams at three thirty. Lincoln Kennedy at four. And Sean Williams, LV Desert Dogs head coach at 4 30. Those are all the guests that we got coming up. Of course, we want to hear from you as well when we do have open lines or of course the, uh, the do text line is always wide open. Like some old school TV antennas at six, nine, one, eight, seven keyword R and R Raider, Raider nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive.
3: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
2: So, A.J. Cole and the conversation that I had with A.J. Cole will obviously be part of the opening drive, but I did want to go ahead and throw out a show topic. I like to bring that to the table each and every day. And, you know, I had a show topic that I wanted to throw out there, and I wrote it on the rundown, and I emailed it over to Tamon, and I had it, and I was like, okay, this is what we're going to roll with. And then I decided, you know what? Let's make this more of a of a fun day. Instead, I had a, I had a kind of either-or type question. We can save that for another day. That's no problem. But I do want to know, because I kind of talked about it a little bit on my uh, podcast, the Lockdown Raiders podcast, for today. I want to know what the biggest bright spot for you has been this season. And I realize, before you answer that, there's only been five wins. So I know that there's not a whole lot of bright spots. But... Raider Nation, if I can find some bright spots in the season, I know you can find some bright spots. Like I said, it's a little cold outside, it's a little windy, so I want to bring a little a little sunshine to the conversation, right? A little joy to the conversation. Again, we got plenty of great guests coming up, but just want to know, just kind of want to pick your brain. What has been the biggest the biggest bright spot for you for the Raiders in this twenty twenty two season so far? As they still have four games left to go. So maybe that bright spot hasn't hit, and that's fine. If that's the answer, that's okay. But Just wanted to kind of pick your brain and see where you are right now. Obviously, the big elephant in the room and the big disappointment is the lack of wins. I mean, everyone knows that. If they had been a 10-win team instead of a 5-win team, then it would just be the great play of the team, right? That hasn't happened. But there has been plenty of good that has happened with this team, just not enough consistent good that has happened with this team. So I just want to throw that out there. And of course, you're always free to chime in and say, and you know, comment on anything you want on the show. But I think that that's a good fun topic to talk about on this Tuesday. 702-365-9200. Again, the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Biggest bright spot that you have so far for you this season let me go to you damon let me start off with you real quick what has been your biggest bright spot when you look back at the raiders i know the record's not what it's supposed to be but what have you seen that has really stood out to you as the the bright spot for the raiders
1: for me i'm gonna go with two individual players i know it's a it's a team effort collectively Oh, that's fine but josh jacobs and Devontae adams okay were those guys I mentioned it yesterday, like where the what do you want to see the next four games? Yeah. And I don't want to be selfish just for those two guys, but I do think that they could have some historic seasons when it comes to breaking some Raider records. And I know that that's you know, it's you know no, it's not fair. gonna be anything for anybody else. No, but that's for me, okay. those two guys yeah. were like the records that they could break. For the Raiders when it comes to the receiving touchdown record for Devontae Adams and the rushing yards record for Josh Jacobs, that's been a bright spot. And I do think that those two players, you know, barring injury, they're gonna be able to achieve and break those Raider
2: records. No, I'm with you. And I and that's like I said, when you only have uh five wins that you're talking about, it's hard to just find the biggest bright spots, right? I mean, it's just what it is. You know, when you have a, a season like the Raiders had last year where there was tons of, you know, last second victories, there could be a ton of bright spots. But when you're only talking about five wins, Wins, you got to pick and choose carefully. I get that. That's why I threw it out there. I think that those two individuals that you pointed out is fine, and I have an, an, uh, an idea that most people that, uh, you know, chime in are going to have individuals that stood out to them or individual moments that have stood out to them, and that, again, is, is okay. Right. And I mean, look, on my podcast, I talked about Josh Jacobs. We were talking about where well, I was talking about on the show, you know, what I wanted to see the last four games. I gave four things I wanted to see. And selfishly, I said as the final one, I want to see Josh Jacobs win the rushing title straight up. Right. I mean, he's at 1402 yards right now. He's leading Derrick Henry by a couple hundred yards. I want to see him finish this thing off. Now, he could shut it down right now and be like, I'm injured. Can't do it no more the rest of the season. And could not nobody complain about the season he's had. That's how good he's been, right? I mean, he can he could do that right now if he wants to. I don't believe he, he's going to do that. I don't believe that he wants to come out at all. I think he wants to finish off the season as strong as possible. So, yeah, that's – I mean, Josh Jacobs I think is a huge bright spot. But I'll say – uh, since you picked Jacobs and you picked Devontae, I'll go on the defensive side of things. And I'll go in a flip over and I'll say I'll just roll with Max Crosby and the phenomenal season that he's having. Because not only is he getting to the quarterback, which is obviously the sexy number that everyone's going to look at, how many sacks does he have, how many pressures like we talked about last year. But if you look at his overall game, and I, I rolled it out yesterday on the show, his end, you know the numbers that he's having right now, putting up the season that he's having – Man, this dude has all-around game. And that was one of the things I admired the most about Khalil Mack when he was early in his Raider career is that he wasn't just a guy that got to the quarterback. He did so many things. He got to the quarterback. He stopped the run. You know, he was able to uh, create some some turnovers or force some fumbles, get strip sacks. I mean, it just felt like he was an all-around player. And to me, Max Crosby has turned his game into pinning his ears back, getting to the quarterback, to doing everything. And I don't know... How much of that was just individual work? I don't know how much of that was learning from other guys that have been there, done that, or a combination of the two. But what Max Crosby's been able to do as a whole body of work has been incredible. And, look, I talk about, you know, being Defensive Player of the Year, you got to have that moment. you got to have that finisher moment. He had that finisher moment on Thursday against the Rams. Only problem is Jerry Tillery took it from him. His, t- his teammate took the finisher moment away from him with that penalty. If that penalty doesn't happen and Max Crosby gets that sack, we're probably talking about a different game, probably talking about a six-win team. But that was that moment, you know, him getting that sack when, when you have to have it. I remember I looked over at uh, – I know my mom was there, and I looked over at, at probably the wife and said, this is the moment right now that Max Crosby's got to make a play. This is when you need your best player on the field to make a play. And defensively, that was Max Crosby, and he did make a play. Unfortunately, Jerry Tillery had that uh, that turnover. So uh, that's what I want to hear from you. So he said, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, I went with Max Crosby and the all-around body of work he's put together this season for the Silver and Black, and that's after getting the contract extension. Not before, not in the contract year, but after signing the pen to putting the pen to paper and getting that contract extension so we want to hear from you 702-365-9200 also the com text sign at 69187 keyword r&r get those thoughts together get ready to hit them with us but right now let's go ahead and jump into the conversation i had at liberty high school just a little while ago with raiders punter aj cole here raiders punter aj cole we're here at liberty high and just had a heck of an event, flag football, and you're representing Special Olympics as well. But off top, could you have brought the heat out here? It's a little chilly out here today.
4: I know it's freezing. I thought we were living in Las Vegas. <laughs> this feels like Colorado to me.
2: Right, right. It's not supposed to be like this, but this, okay. you, we're out here for a really good event. And uh, again, you've been representing Special Olympics for a very long time. What What has Special Olympics meant to you?
4: Yeah, it's been a lot. I think that it's a really, um, I think it's a really <laughs> awesome just organization I think sports are so important to me and in my life and I think everybody um, deserves the opportunity to play sports and to compete and I think you learn a lot about yourself uh, about life um, going through competition and going through training and going through games and so I think that what Special Olympics has done over the years um, and I just know that the work that they do with their athletes it means a lot to them Um, it's really important to everybody that's involved and so you know any you know anytime I have a chance to work with them I, I jump on it and take the opportunity so it's an organization that I'm really passionate about, and I've found a lot of um, just great people um, along the way that, that work there. So um, I'm really passionate about the work that they do, and I'm excited that we get to, you know, put on this uh, event for them.
2: There was a lot of kids from Liberty out here watching you, watching this whole event. But when you get to take a step back and actually watch them. What does that mean? How does that feel? Watch, you saying watch... The- watch watch the kids out there playing, you know, because they're watching you as a Raider player, but you're at the same time sitting back watching them go out and participate and have a good time.
4: Yeah, it's kind of cool to, to get to flip the script, and I think that um, anytime you can kind of just sit back and watch watch what, what they're doing, I think it's really fun. And you get to see the joy that they play with, and you just get to see the excitement on their face when they make a play or... Um, you know, all that, it, it really is uh, very fulfilling to, to watch, and I think it's, you know, I was really excited that I was able to come out here and just spend that time with
2: them today. Now, you're representing the, the, the Raiders as the Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, nominee, and there's also other nominees with you. What did that mean to you?
4: Yeah, it meant a lot. I think the um, Raiders, uh, hats off to them for bringing those alumni back we get to have dinner last night, break bread a little bit, just talk a little bit about their experiences with the team and with uh, Walter Payton in the past, the organization that they supported the community work that they did. Um, and so that was really fun just to kind of hear, um, how the NFL is different how it's the same and how um, getting into the community and giving back to the people in, in the area that you're playing in is really important um, and so it was a great opportunity just to get to know them they're some awesome men and so just getting to learn from them and, and talk with them and get to know them was really really a fun experience and I was glad they were able to make it to the game today.
2: You're all, you've always been a Raider but uh, I'm sure when you get to have those conversations with former Raider alumni that may have played on other teams do they ever tell you and say how much this Raider organization takes care of the former players?
4: Yeah I mean I think what we do with the alumni, is it's completely unparalleled. I don't think there's another organization that takes care of their former players like we do. Um, they're at so many events. I mean, I've gotten to know so many former players just over the years because they're always coming back to games, to practices, stuff like that. So I think that's really big. I mean, the the phrase you know once a Raider always a Raider that's not just a phrase. That's really the way that um, our team and our owner really goes about everything. So I'm I'm super appreciative of that. It's kind of fun too because you know I I got to play in Oakland, so I was in the same facility is they were, as so we get to talk about the facility, and there's plenty of people, you know, not just coaches, but there's plenty of staff members that were there for both of us. So we know the same athletic trainers, we know the same, mm-hmm. you know, some some different staff members and guys that have kind of been around. So we get to kind of talk about that as well. And a lot of stuff's different, but a lot of stuff's the same.
2: You've had a phenomenal career, and you've having a heck of a season. I got to take you back to Thursday night. Did you think that ball was going out of bounds when you kicked it initially off your foot? Because I did. I ain't gonna lie. I should never doubt you, but I I, I did. I shouldn't have, but I doubted. Did you? What did you think when it went off your foot?
4: Uh yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes when you're out there it's just kind of a blur and you don't know if it's gonna go out of bounds or not. But then once you once I was kinda of seeing it roll the right direction, it's obviously really exciting and um, you know, there's not much the returner can do once all the guys are around the ball there. So it's just kinda get to sit back and watch it roll and just keep hope it keeps going, really. What what
2: does that feel like though when you're seeing that roll and you realize, oh that's a good one? <laughs> what is that what is that kind of rush like?
4: Uh, anytime you make a play on a football field it's uh, it's a Uh, the reason the guys celebrate and the reason the guys play with so much passion is because we put so much into this i mean you know the work that we do on in the off season week to week basis and just the work that everybody puts in um and it's a team effort there's no individual play like the ball ends up where it ends up but there's a snap that goes into it there's protection there's coverage and all that stuff so it's a team play and i know the 10 guys that i'm out there on the field with i know what they put into it they know what I put into it and it means a lot to us. We really care about winning and losing. We care about making big plays. So anytime you have a chance to make a play that can, you know, impact winning or losing, it's an emotional thing because there's just so much time that's put into right. that. There's so much work that's put into that. So that's why it's something that, you know, that you want to celebrate and enjoy and, um, you know, take the good with the bad and just keep playing.
2: There you go, there's Raiders punter AJ Cole at Liberty. And I don't know, I got cold just listening to the wind howl. Right. Just listening to the wind in that uh interview. I got cold again. It was it was kind of chilly out there, not gonna lie. I kept moving, Damon. It was funny, I kept moving wherever the sun was while we were watching the event, the sun would come down and someone would come stand next to me. I'm like, get away from me. I'm Stop trying to steal my son. (laughs) I need some of this sun to stay warm. I'm not built for the cold, brother. Did you not have a jacket? I did, but I'm just not built for the cold. It was windy. You could hear it. You heard the wind, didn't you? I ain't the only one that heard the wind. (laughs) Man, I was telling everyone who would listen, like, hey, get away from me, man. You're trying to steal my son. I don't want that. I, I, need, I need to soak it all in. But that was a really cool flag football event. It involved Raider alumni, previous silver and black nominees for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Uh, it consisted of special education students from Liberty High School. Uh, Raider alums like Rock Cartwright, Orin O'Neill, Marcel Reese, Dan Williams, Sam Williams, Usama Young. They were all there able to engage with the students. It was really cool. And, of course, A.J. is the, the Raiders nominee for Walter Payton Man of the Year. So the fans are actually encouraged to participate in Nationwide's charity challenge now through January 8th, 2023. Uh, there's actually a social media campaign. I'll, I'll tweet out some information, but it gives fans the opportunity to show support for AJ Cole as the Raiders Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee and offers the Raiders punter a chance to secure additional donations from Nationwide for Special Olympics in Nevada. Fans are encouraged to vote on Twitter by using hashtag WPMOY Challenge. That's hashtag WPMOY Challenge and AJ Cole or hashtag WPMOY Challenge and at AJ Cole on Twitter uh on twitter so yeah there you go uh, i'll give you more of that information i'll tweet that out from both my account at your boy q254 and also at rnr 920 am so good stuff right there from aj cole let's go out to the phone lines though at 702-365-9200 looking for the biggest bright spot in a five win season it's tough but i know there's some out there let's talk to our guy alex in south carolina welcome to the show yo what's going on q all right chilling man how are you doing
3: Good, man. Good, man. First off, just want to say I appreciate everything you do, man, from the Lockdown Podcast to the radio show, of course, listening to you religiously. And also shout-out to Damon for the heavy lifting uh, in the background. But as far as the bright spot goes for me, like you said, it's kind of <laughs> hard to see. There's individual stats and whatnot, which you know, is easy to see here. But to me, that three-game winning streak that we recently just came off of, mm-hmm. it's, it kind of gave me hope, right? Because for three games, we got a glimpse of what I think this regime is trying to under- get into place. We're winning on the road. We won two divisional games. Their car was making key passes and playing well, scrambling if need be. Josh Jacobs had a career day. The fan base was excited. The team was excited. They were smiling. They were joking. They were having fun. They were loose. Chandler Jones finally showed up to the party.
4: Yeah. It was a
3: little glimpse. And I know as Raiders, as Raider Nation, man, I know that's all it feels like we've been able to hang on to for the last 20 years. little glimpse here and there. But if anything for me, that three-game winning streak really – it excites me going forward. Obviously it's a little rough right now. The water is a little a little a little rough to navigate, but to me that, that gave me confidence just going forward, knowing that the foundational pieces that we have in place hopefully stick around, that they can ball out. We know that the strategies do work. We know that this team can, you know, bounce back from adversity. So for me of all things it's just that three game win streak overall that got me pretty excited.
2: I love it. I love it. Great stuff, Alex. That's Alex in South Carolina. Thank you for the uh, for the comments, man. Good stuff, and thank you for the shout-out for the shows and everything, and it's our pleasure, man. This is part of what we do, and we love doing it. And I'll tell you, I said a bright spot for me was uh, Max Crosby and the season he's put together. No BS. Another huge bright spot for me this season, and this is just me individually again being selfish, is meeting all of you. I've had so many great opportunities, uh, and I don't get to go to the Rockstar as much anymore because I'm usually doing some radio on Saturday nights, but being able to hang out at the Torch, and and this is no BS. And, DeMond, I know you haven't been there that much this year, but being at the Torch after the pregame, pregame show is over while JT and Eric Allen are on, and to have so many people from Raider Nation come up to me and be like, hey, where's DeMond? Or, hey, I listen to you guys every day. Or, hey, remember when you said this? or to, to For people to actually know what the hell me and DeMond, us two knuckleheads, are talking about on the regular – that is, you have no idea how much that means to us. I mean, really, because we try to put everything we can into having a really good show, but for the people to come up and say, hey, can I take a picture with you, or can I, you know, whatever, that is unbelievable, because I'm just a, I'm just a regular cat, man. I'm just a normal dude, and so for people to remember things that I've said during the show, or DeMond has said during the show, or when DeMond says something foolish, like he's okay with being mediocre, I mean, stuff like that, it stands <laughs> out to me, too. Did someone actually come up with the argument? Yeah, man. People, someone did? No, everyone says that <laughs> stuff, man. They say, where is that mediocre? herself into mine, man. He's okay with me. <laughs> If that's my lasting
1: legacy, you know, I'll <laughs> no, but seriously, average.
2: No, don't no, being serious, though. I mean, really, I mean, for people to actually remember and, and, and quote things that we have said on the show and, like, when I see Just Win Wendy all the time and, you know, all the fans that, that we see on the regular that either at the Rockstar or at the uh, Legion Stadium or just around town even, it's just it's incredible, man. It really is. So uh, we thank you. And so that's a huge bright spot for me is being able to, uh, you know, meet and greet with as much as Raider Nation as possible. So good stuff there. We definitely appreciate that. But we'll definitely continue to take your calls and texts. Don't call right now, though, because we do have another guest coming up, and that is Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. He did a great piece on Sandra Douglas Morgan. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Raiders and what he sees about this team moving forward in the final four games. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
2: Through the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword RNR. What has been your biggest bright spot? I know it's tough to find bright spots in a five-win season, but what has been the biggest bright spot for you? this season, and there's still four games left to go, so again, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Joining us now on the phone lines is our good friend Tashaun Reed from The Athletic, and Tashaun, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you always checking out your work, but sometimes you put out some work, Tashaun, that really stands out to me, and the one you put out just yesterday was fantastic about Raiders president Sandra Douglas Morgan. The piece is called Sandra Douglas Morgan has broken NFL barriers, brought stability to the Raiders, and you know, when it was announced that she was the president uh, a lot of people were excited some people kind of looked at it like well what is this all about but this piece really went in depth what did you learn about sandra douglas morgan and really her background growing up that that led to where she is today
0: first off appreciate you all the kind words uh you know i, I think the thing that, that struck me was you know as most people you know she was really defined by her upbringing with her parents um, uh, you know her her father gilbert who's black and her her mother, uh, who's who's Korean, um, you know, they they made sure she was aware of, you know, her, her race and 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 what it meant for her moving forward in life, and so she was never she never had any illusions about, um, you know, what what came with being black in America, um, and I, and I think that that sort of shaped her approach to life as a whole, um, you know, she she was kind of a late bloomer when it came to figuring out that, you know, this this business legal path was something that she wanted to explore. Um but but once she did, she really took it on headstrong. And um as you said, I know some people when she uh you know, was announced that she landed the position, they were kinda, of, you know, side eye and, and understandably so because of, you know, some of the things that are going on with the franchise, you know, being investigated for workplace misconduct. Um, you know, the the way that their previous two presidents um had departed the franchise and and the thing is, she had those same questions, right? I mean, she she hadn't worked inside she she wasn't a Raiders employee that got elevated. You know, she was come, coming from the outside, and so, um, you know, something that Mark Davis did was he was pretty open and transparent with her when it came to, you know, helping clear away those worries to the point where obviously where she took the job and, um, but who she is today is really who she's always been is is what I learned from from doing the story, whether it was during her career as an attorney or her career as a businesswoman or when she was doing both at the same time, which is what she was doing before the Raiders came and hired her. Uh, You know, this isn't the first time she's been the first. You know, she's been the first black woman to hold various roles throughout her her lengthy career at this point. uh, You know, I mean, it's pretty easy to see why, you know, they they thought she was of quality, uh, you know, to, to be a candidate and ultimately land that job of president when you just look at her resume. Um, and, and kind of her journey to this point.
2: Again, we're talking with Tashaun Reed here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, talking about his piece in The Athletic on Sandra Douglas Morgan, the, the president of the Raiders. And, you know, uh, just looking at, at her body of work and everything she's done, Tashaun, when she got hired, I, I told everyone, I was like, she's actually overqualified, <laughs> right? I mean, this, yeah. <laughs> she actually is overqualified for this job. But how much did the challenges of being the president of a football, a professional football organization, uh, did, did she get concerned about or even maybe worried about?
0: Yeah, I don't think she was so much concerned or worried about her ability to do the job. I mean, she's always been a football fan. I mean, her husband uh, played in the league, um, and, and so she has had some familiarity. Anybody that knows the life of a football wife knows how that goes, you know. And so uh, she's no stranger to the game. But, you know, obviously, when it, as you said, when it comes to the business and, and legal aspects of the job, she's overqualified, you know, more than capable. I think it was more so for her, it was making sure that the culture was a part of, was something that she wanted to become a part of and something that she would have the level of influence over to, to help improve, you know, moving forward. Cause you know, no organization is perfect, especially not in this league. And you know, something that, uh, you know, she, she pretty, she, at this point in her career, as she said, you know, she's not really focused on, you know, people wondering if there's alternative reasons for why she was hired. She more so wants to impact change and, and make the Raiders organization the best she she can, and so um, I don't think she was concerned about her ability to do a job. She just wanted to make sure that she could have the freedom to to do the job how she wanted to, and that's something that you know I mean she's she's only been the president for about four or five months, so so those things are are, are something that you have to it, it takes time, you know right. a year years from now, multiple years to, to really for her to really put her fingerprints on this organization. But uh, you know something that she's emphasizing, you know you know from a big standpoint is diversity um in terms of the executive makeup and and also the lower levels of, of the franchise and then also just you know i mean you know, again you know referring back to some of the issues that the franchise had some of the financial issues with Mark Bedane that led to his departure and um you know the workplace misconduct stuff like she she wants to get on top of that um as well obviously and, and help make sure that those issues don't don't you know become recurring you know and, and find ways to avoid that in the future and so it, it's, a, it's a big big task she's still figuring it out admittedly I mean you know there's a lot to handle and she's only a few months in but uh you know from the people that I spoke to Marcel Reese and others within the franchise sounds like she's off to to a great start and um you know everybody seems to be excited about what's next for me.
2: How important do you think it was for Mark Davis to go out and hire someone who has been in this community for so long? Because as we all know, and I'm getting used to it as well, Las Vegas is a different animal than than other creatures and other cities out there.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, having those roots, I think Mark said it at the press conference, it wasn't a requirement, but it it surely goes a long way, especially considering the Raiders have only been here for, you know, basically two calendar years at this point. Um, And, you know, I mean, having somebody that, know that has experience not just living in vegas and and working here but with multiple branches i mean she's worked in the gambling industry she's been been in the political side of things i mean the business side the legal side so she's pretty much touched everything that they could possibly venture into you know as professional sports franchise. i mean she was part of you know the committee when they were moving here and so she was you know in in tune with the you know integral details of that and so uh, you know, I, I think with them making this transition and trying to plant their roots in the city, it goes a long way to have somebody who understands everything and, and the nuance of the city is and, and about as familiar with it as you could possibly get. And so, you know, as they continue to try to ingratiate themselves as the community, and now that we're starting to get past the pandemic a little bit, because that was something that obviously they didn't really get to do right off the bat moving here during 2020 and even even last year and, and to, to some degree this year as well. And so... Um, it, it goes a long way and um that even adds, like you said, to her qualifications, um, in in terms of being able to handle this role and so it wasn't necessarily a requirement, but it, it's gonna help them out a lot as they, they move forward being here in Las Vegas as it's you know, really becoming one of the, the sports powerhouses in the country.
2: Talking right now with Tashawn Reed from the Athletic here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty unnecessary roughness. You know when Mark Davis introduced her, he said that uh, he had to convince her to take the job, which told me a lot. But uh, how much did she have to go through? Almost conversations with her family, her husband, obviously, and really think about it before she decided to take this job on.
0: Yeah, she definitely. She spoke to people um, both within the franchise and you know former employees of the franchise. Discussed it with her family about you know how how that. Taking on that commitment would would change, you know, their lifestyle. I mean, she has two two children who are, uh, you know, still in school and, and still in the household, obviously, and so that that played a factor as well. Just just family, but also, um, you know, what was going on with the franchise, making sure that they were making this move for the right reason, and, and that it wasn't just you know what some people were concerned about in terms of you know making history and, and you know bearing in bad PR and things of that nature. And so it, it took some time. It definitely wasn't an automatic thing where. I mean, I'm sure, you know, she's excited and right. honored to be considered right away, but like, I got to make sure this is the right thing for me, because as we said, you know, you look at the resume, clearly she was you know, she was <laughs> fine uh, at a fine place in life uh, without this job, um, you know, and so it wasn't something that she needed, right. uh, and so she definitely did her due diligence before taking it, and that's why, you know, I, th- I think we, we saw how uh, firmly she stood in terms of um, being confident about her place in the franchise at her, at her initial press conference, and including in my interview with her, because she she's done her due diligence. She's not walking into something where it's she's kinda of figuring it out as it go as goes. You know, she 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 had it she felt good about it beforehand and, you know, while us on the outside, you know, we don't have all the information that she got, you know, right. actually going through that process. So it's it's understandable for us to question it. But um, you know, after learning the process that she went through before accepting the job, you get why why she felt so so good about it.
2: Tashawn Reed is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty say roughness. Damon's got one for you.
1: I know that she's only been on the job for not even half a year, but what is the response that she's received from the fan base band when you talk to her?
0: Yeah, I think for her, she, uh, In one anecdote from the story, she was at a, um, a season ticket holder event at, at Legion Stadium um, before the this season started. Um, and, you know, she had only been around for at that point maybe one or two months um, and it was pretty informal, So fans would walk up to her and whatnot and, and one of them, you know, kind of walked up to her and, and spoke about, you know, the importance of, you know, her, her serving as a beacon for, you know, black women specifically, but also just women in general to look towards that they could achieve something at that level um, in the business industry. And so she's she's a figure from that standpoint in terms of like a, a, a big picture, something that's bigger than football and, and bigger than the organization, but also they're excited about having – you know, that stability at that position that's been really um, in, in transition since they moved to Vegas. I mean, Mark Bidane, uh he was part of getting them here, but he didn't even get to see the, the first game in the Legion Stadium And Dan Ventrell was around, and then he, he was on his way out along with some other executives, not just the president role, and so mm-hmm. now they have her in place, and it's, it's something that, you know, I mean, she's not, uh, you know, constructing the roster or anything, so it's not, a, a I guess, a direct impact on football, so fans may not think about it as much, but, um, you know, when it when it comes to Make making money is a pretty big deal for for a franchise when it comes to you know having cash and free agency and um, you know all the resources and, and, and how nice headquarters is and, and the stadium is and, and the upkeep that goes into that to make it an attractive destination for free agents and, and, a, and a place where people want to be and a franchise that people want to be a part of. I mean that, that starts at the top and, and there's nobody above her except for Mark Davis in, in terms of that standpoint and so. Uh, she's going to play a big role um, in, in terms of them, you know, becoming a successful, successful franchise. If that happens from here, and so both from a, you know, I guess a human element, um, a race element, and then obviously the the tangible football business side, um, it, it's something that she's going to play a big, big impact in. And you know, so far it's been a positive reaction, I would say.
2: Final question on this, on this article that you put out. Again, fantastic work. Sandra Douglas Morgan has broken NFL barriers, brought stability to the Raiders. You mentioned finances and, you know, uh, and bringing in revenue. She has all the local ties. I mean, when you just sit back and think, how much do you think, and I guess you can't really put a number on it, but how much can all those local ties and everybody that she is acquainted with help them really create some revenue here in this Las Vegas area?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, they are I mean, obviously they're already doing pretty well. I mean, they mm-hmm. they led the league in, in ticket sale revenue last year. Um, but, you know, sort of the extras on top of that, whether it be, I mean, we see how much, you know, the NFL is starting to be tied into the gambling world, and there's no bigger gambling city than Vegas, obviously, and mm-hmm. she has a ton of connections on that side. Um, you know, whether it's sponsorship deals, expanding their portfolio on that side of things. Uh, you know, I mean, just local, not only, you know, the, the big national brands that you would think of, but also, you know, just locally um, right. because of, of the work that she's done. And so uh, it, it should be, you know, more robust moving forward. Again, you know, these things that they were already doing well in that area. But, um, you know, clearly, I mean, they, they this team is, is growing in an element. I mean, when they were before the move, they weren't, you know, valued as one of the, the highest ranking franchises um, in the league or, uh, and we haven't always seen him be able to, you know, spend a lot of cash and free agency and things of that nature. And, and the goal is to obviously change it. That was part of the reason for this move. But you can't have that much turnover at the top of your business organization and, and really, you know, have that grow the way you want it to. And, and now having her come into that role and having all the ties that she has that she only be up from here you know, really independent of what what's going on in the football field.
2: Right, no doubt about it. Sashawn Reed is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, and I wanted to ask you about the football field. You were there in L.A. You saw the, the letdown on Thursday night football, another one-score loss, another, you know, be, be up big and not be able to finish the game off. So they got four left. Tashaun, uh what do the Raiders need to strive to do in these Final Four? Like what are you looking for from that team in this Final Four game they have?
0: Yeah, I think at this point and, and you know, I mean, after, after they lost to the Colts, um, you know, I, I I pretty much like I moved on from the playoffs. In my mind, I know it was as mathematically possible and it still is, but like it's mm-hmm. most likely not going to happen. And so in my mind is more so finding those nuggets of, of positivity and kind of elements that you can build on moving forward. You know, I mean, uh, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, um, you know, they, they were eligible to come back last week. They didn't activate them you know they have a chance to get back out there this week um with the offense you know i know they have a couple of offensive line injuries but with having the skill position talent all together for the first time since week 2 you know are they able to start to put together a little bit of rhythm here in these last four games and give you some some optimism about what that unit could look look like last year if they can get some better injury luck you know can the defense you know while they had a had a pretty bad inning against the rams like yeah. you know they they played pretty well through three quarters can they find some semblance of consistency or progress on the defensive side of the ball that's been absent. Um, you know, from a coaching standpoint, Josh McDaniels, he's been you know, fairly inconsistent um, when it comes to play calling. Um, you know, they've had some bright, bright spots, but they've also had some pretty low moments. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so can he start to figure that out now that he has all his tools back on that side of the ball? So it's, it's more so for me about can they make growth in certain areas more so than the final outcome? Because if the final outcome more than likely is not going to go in their favor in terms of making the playoffs. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, I think, regardless of whether they win or not, because really at this point, it might be, you know, people want to hear it, but it might be best for them to lose <laughs> just for draft positioning reasons and right. have a better shot to get an elite prospect in the first round and all the other, you know, sub- subsequent rounds of the draft. Um, and so it's more so about seeing can they make progress in the areas and with players that are going to be around moving forward. I mean, you know, Waller, Renfro, um, you know, Devontae Adams, you know, Carr the stands, you know, some of those guys are like, signed up to be here for years to come. And so it's not just about this year. Right. Um, you know, they, they want it to be more successful this year, obviously, but it's always going to be a multi-year thing. And so it's seeing, you know, can they take some steps forward here in these last few games um, before they turn the page the next season? Um, you know, the, the final result will still be disappointing, but you know, this is a team that they think they have all the draft picks. They have some extra, extra mid-round picks. Right now they have about $35 million in cap space, and they can make some more moves to create more. and So they have a lot of resources to get better this off season, And, you know, and, and so I, I know, again, fans are disappointed, but it's, it's not a hopeless situation. There's some teams that they're stuck right now, and the Raiders definitely aren't one of those teams. And so for me, you know, it's more so about what are they showing these last four games that could go towards 2023.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Great stuff. Great breakdown right there. I like it. Sashawn Reed from The Athletic joining us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Tashaun, what do you got coming out on The Athletic, man? I mean, that was a fantastic piece on the president, but what else you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for?
0: Um, I have a, a column on a Wednesday afternoon about a, a certain player that's probably going to define their, their off season and so Ooh. That's the main thing. I don't want to spoil it too much. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, there'll be, there'll be something on the athletics that uh, I'm sure fans are going to be having plenty of debates about in the last few, in the next few months. To come.
2: Okay, okay, that's a nice little tease there, Tashawn. I got to let you go, man. You're uh, you're doing too well on the radio here. You might steal my <laughs> job, man. And I can't write, so uh, I got to let you go. But fantastic work. I appreciate you.
0: I appreciate
2: you, bro. All right, there he goes, Deshaun Reed. Yeah, man, hey, he can't be doing that well, man. He can't be dropping teases like that and also dropping knowledge like that. No, fantastic work. You know, all all kidding aside, man, if you have not checked out his piece yet on the president, Sandra Douglas Morgan has broken NFL barriers and brought stability to the Raiders. Fantastic. It dropped on The Athletic yesterday, and now he's got a tease. He just dropped a tease on us for something Wednesday afternoon about pretty big player with the silver and black and i don't know who it is but i will be locked in and checking it out 247 is the time many thanks to sean uh, for dropping his knowledge on us this afternoon and we want to hear from you as well raider nation at 702-365-9200 and don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword rnr what's your brightest spot five wins it's tough to find bright spots but there are some we've heard a few we want to hear from you it's Raiders, raider nation radio 920
0: it's unnecessary roughness with your boy q on raider nation
2: radio Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll talk to John McLean. That's our weekly Tuesday visit. He's from gallerysports.com, also Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Talk all things NFL. We just had a very good conversation with Tashaun Reed from The Athletic. And we want to hear from you, Red Nation. 702-365-9200 plus the don'tbebroke.com text line to 69187, keyword R&R. We're moving fast and furious on today's show. Just looking for the biggest bright spot. You know, I mean, it's it's tough to ask Raider Nation to dig deep and find a bunch of bright spots when it's only a five-win uh, season so far. There's four games left to go, but, you know, it is what it is. It's December 13th. There's always a lot of negativity, so I'm trying to, you know, not not clutter the airwaves with nothing but negative, negative, negative. So just thought that there are some bright spots. Myself and JT talked about some bright spots earlier uh, today on the Raider Roundtable that is available by way of podcast right now. You can check it out on Raiders YouTube as well. But, of course, I encourage you to do that. After five o'clock when unnecessary roughness is over. And that's just me being selfish. We'll go out to the phone lines in a hot minute, but first I want to get to a text on our don'tbebroke.com text line from Sir Whiskey Race at Q and D. I'm digging today's topic here on this Tuesday. My take on this year's bright spot is the Raiders have been part of 10 games that could have gone either way with a win or defeat. With a record of 3-7 and seven in a one-game possession, it's not what Raider Nation wants to accept, but we are headed in the right direction. It's not like we're getting blown out as confidently as I say this. I'd be more concerned with this team if we were losing games by 10 points or more. Luckily, we are not. Let's stay the course. As I believe, our front office is leading us in the right direction going forward. Let's go, Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. That's good. That's good stuff. Because again, and and it's it's no you know consolation prizes. It's no you know everyone gets a medal and all that other good stuff because I don't believe in that. But uh, you're right. You know they're not getting blown out the water. There's only one terrible game they had, and that was against the Saints. And besides that, every other game has been very close, right? I mean, I was looking at at the at the schedule and looking at all the results of the games. It's like they're all one one possession games for the most part, right? Even the games they won, you know, I mean the Texans game it ended up being more than one possession, but I mean or one score. But it's just it's, it's, it's been a lot of close games, right? And unfortunately for the Raiders, they haven't gone in the way that they want. But uh, good stuff, Sir Whiskey Ray. I do appreciate that. 702 Let's talk to our guy, Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, Fargo? Welcome to the show.
5: Q and Damon, thank you for taking my call. And I completely agree, uh, Q. We got to stop being negative Nancys. Let's be some positive Patties. See what we've done good this season. So far, in the first year under the McZiggy regime, they're already doing better off than the last two regimes have. You know, we ended up the season with the last two regimes their first seasons we ended up with four wins. We're already at five. We should be able to squeak at least two. I say we need to get four finish off with at least an above 500 record. But the bright spots apart from that for me are going to be that Devonte is on our team and he's on contract for a few years. Yeah. So we he produced this year. It's overlooked because, by us because of everything that's gone down. But he's put up some numbers. Another bright spot, even though he might be walking away, looks certainly like it is. J.J. running like a man possessed. No matter what, he represented the Raiders to, to, to the fullest with heart. He got that tattoo, and then he showed he was a Raider every time he came through. Same with Max. Those are the bright spots. We have some guys that could lead us into the future. We need to quit focusing on just – just always being negative about everything, yes, things are gonna aren't going in our in our direction, but damn it, we're better off than we were. at least we're not sitting here with bags on our heads looking for owen, Owen ten, and then some. you know <laughs> right, Thank you for taking my car. You have a great day.
2: Hey, great call, man. Appreciate you, Fargo Raider. It's always good to hear from you. And you mentioned Josh Jacobs, and let me mention real quick before we take a break, you can meet Josh Jacobs this Friday at 4 Country in the Valley Auto Mall, 6 p.m., special meet and greet with the leading rusher in the NFL. Like, I want to keep saying that because I want that to sink into my brain. He is leading the league in rushing. That is the Raiders' own Josh Jacobs. You want to be a part of that? It starts at 6 o'clock at 4 Country in the Valley Auto Mall. Register right now, J J A F C. Dot That's JJAFC. Dot dot Two fifty-six at the time, John McClain. He'll join us next. It's Radio Nation Radio, nine twenty.
3: Not one, not two, but three NFL games for your Saturday listening enjoyment. It all kicks off Saturday at nine thirty as the Colts play the Vikings on